The following episode is a rebroadcast of our original YouTube podcast series. If you like what you hear, stay tuned for new episodes coming in 2021 with a new format and special guest interviews and much more behind-the-scenes info, along with paranormal news and updates of our research and investigations. And, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy this rebroadcasted episode of the CAPS Podcast, and hope you will like, subscribe, and share our upcoming episodes of Whispers from the Dark. Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. on the way down to an investigation today and we all had to get up pretty early so we're uh, we're kind of feeling that right now but that's what you do when you gotta get out there and look for stuff so uh we got Luke here how you doing Luke fine good um so Luke uh we want to kind of get to know you you know I mean I've known you for a couple years now and you and Ethan have met, uh, but you're you're new to the Caps team, and uh, so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background? Like, uh, what do you? Why are you a part of the team? Way to start. Um, <laughs> I don't mean it like that, you know. But I don't. I, we have a lot of similar interests, and uh, I think whatever you're into. I'm into too, and it's just a, a case where uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, like we when we've worked together, right? Yeah. I mean, like we used to work together at, uh, at our, our day jobs, and um, we've talked about like ancient aliens and and Bigfoot and and other weird stuff like that, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's how we kind of got you pulled into this. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. But that's not that's not the real reason why. Uh, I mean, everybody's everybody's interested in paranormal and weird stuff. I mean, that's not the reason to bring you in. 
The reason why I asked you to come along, though, is uh, you have a lot of experience with hiking and outdoors and um, uh, survivalist stuff, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, tell us. Let's first off. Let's uh, let's start with your hiking and stuff. You you've traveled around a lot on different places and and seen a lot of trails and stuff. Why don't you tell us a few of those that you've been on? Well, I think I'm up to 13 states and numerous uh, trails here in Wisconsin. Um, where, where have you been, like different states and stuff? I've been on the I State Trail. I've been uh, uh, done a good portion of the uh, Appalachian Trail and uh, all kinds of various smaller trails in between, you know, various uh, five, 10 milers, you know get in, see it, get out, and, uh, yeah. So the, the Appalachian Trail, that goes up through the mountains, or is that just, uh... Oh, the Appalachian Trail runs from Georgia to Maine. I done most of the southern states, and, uh, hope to finish it soon. I doubt it, but hopefully, yeah. So you've, you've been up hiking in the mountains and everything? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, like, everything from, uh, uh, mountains to valleys, uh, everything. Now, when you go out hiking and stuff, do you camp along the way, or is it kind of like walk a section and, and do a different day? There are hostels available along the way if you want to stay the night somewhere, but usually, uh, for the most part, it's staying outside in a tent or hammock, whatever you have. Okay. So you've, you've spent a lot of time out in the woods. This is true, yeah. Do you do you typically go with someone, or do you go by yourself? Uh, generally, as far as the Appalachian Trail is concerned, you meet people along the way. I started by myself, you meet people. And you get to know them pretty well. That's cool. Um, so you said you did like Georgia and, and over there. Have you ever been out? Uh, what is it? West. West. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I get my directions confused if I'm in the state or looking at it. Far as west I've ever been was a, a trail in Mexico where I actually camped on an active volcano for two days, and it was uh, interesting to say the least. So you, you actually camped on an active volcano? And then rumbled a bit through the night, keeping you awake and making you wonder, but uh, it was okay. I just needed to throw a couple of virgins in it. <laughs> What's that? I just needed to throw a couple of virgins yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, have, you, have you ever been out to, like, Oregon or Washington? I'm sad to say, well, Washington, but not hiking, no. Okay. I know... Uh, a lot of like Bigfoot activities out in that area. That's that is wondering. true. Yeah. That is true. Um, so you've you've been 13 states. So yes. I think 13, 14, so. That's cool. Um, and okay, so so that's kind of like where you've been. But um, you also do like survivalist stuff, right? Like you, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I just mean general stuff. Like you know stuff. Yeah. I. I know stuff. I know stuff. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. What do you want to know? Okay, well, well, let's 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 uh, let's say for the people listening, like, what is what is the first thing like that someone should know that's going out hiking, and you know, like, let's say they're gonna go like a long distance. Like, if we're going out on these trails and we're gonna be out there for a couple days, you know, like, what should someone have in their pack with them? Uh, definitely always carry a knife and. Uh, Usually carry some sort of water. I haven't done today, but uh, carry some sort of water. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, there's so many things. Pardon me. What do you want to say? 
<laughs> how to build a fire, how to... I, well, when you typically go camping at night, do you always build a fire? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so fire stuff would probably be a good thing to have to then. How, okay, so the average person that's out there trying to, you know, like, uh, spend the night somewhere, is it is it hard to build a fire? No. no. Absolutely not. You can build a fire in many different ways, not only, I mean, so many ways. Um, I don't know, you want to go into it? Yeah. In the car? Yeah. Well, we're not going to build a fire in the car, no. Well, no, not build a fire, <laughs> but, I mean. Oh, well, I mean, like, you know, um. Okay, so let's say somebody's unprepared, unprepared to go into the woods, and they're out there, or let's say they get lost in the woods, you know, you got people out there all the time, and the car breaks down, they think they can, you know, cut through the woods or something, and they get lost. How does somebody build a fire with just what's around them? What's the easiest way so that they can stay alive? Uh, it takes a medium, uh, uh, you know, it takes a fair, fair cesium rod at a minimum to start a fire. You get in the bowling drill, but even if you not experience a bowling drill, won't be able to start a fire. You need a certain type of wood. And uh, let me see. A bone drill is where you like take like some tinder, put it on a rock, and then like the kind of bow and yes. arrow thing. Or you wrap fire, you can start it that way. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, unless you have big experience, no. Um, so your run-of-the-mill jack-off is going to die in the woods. Yeah, always carry a lighter. <laughs> always carry a lighter. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good advice. Best so you got a lighter, you got a knife. But I mean, if you don't smoke, like I don't, I don't smoke, I don't carry a lighter. I mean, but I mean, I, I'm not an outdoors type, you know, I'm not uh, a woodsman by any means. But I would like to think that if I had to you know, rub two sticks together and, and get a fire going, I think I could, I think I could probably do it. You're going to be one of those regular jackpots. I'm going to be a All this adventures in the EDC kit and what you carry with you every day, which uh, I have a small version with me, if you'd like to go through it later. Not now, of course. <laughs> but, uh, just rubbing two sticks together probably won't do it. I got to be honest, it takes a lot of skills. Lot of practice and you don't have it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, I don't have confidence. it. I tried and I failed on many occasions. I prefer not to go that route. I've basically been telling you they die in the woods for the last few months. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Yeah. I okay. Well, to be fair, I mean, I know animals. I know. I know nature. I know wildlife. I know cryptids. But I I've been to zoos all over the country. But I don't. I've never had the opportunity to. You know, spend time out in the woods. I've never been camping. I've never done any of that stuff. Um, you know, I'm 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 city. <laughs> city. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah. I've never had a reason to go out in the woods. I've always said though, and I think I've even told you this because you wanted to go camping with me, Ethan. Uh, I will go camping if we can hunt for Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I think that's that's where I've gotten in my life is that now I'm looking for Bigfoot. So now I'm like, ah, it's time to go camping, I guess. <laughs> it's not that hard. Well, obviously, I mean, you just go out and rub two sticks together, right, Luke? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, anyway, there are all kinds of ways to start a fire. I, I can't even begin to tell you 30 different ways, maybe, to start a fire. You could try, if you had a water bottle, you could try to... 
or magnifying glass, try to look for that way. Yep, I've um, heard that. Master uh, easier, I'm not gonna lie, but you do have a limited supply of them, so don't uh, waste them. Um, yeah. Um. drive and think at the same time. Yes. <laughs> and see. I don't know. Well, maybe if you put new fucking wipers on, you wouldn't have this guy being <laughs> Just wait. Have you seen the ones on the van? No? Those are even better. Well, you buy them. I'll put them on. Alright. We just uh, purchased a new vehicle for the Caps team. It's, uh, it's um, a conversion van. That we're gonna deck out in all of our gear and stuff with uh, lights and stuff on it. So that's our new project for the remainder of the winter here. It's a 1999 Special Victims Unit crime scene. <laughs> that's what you purchased. <laughs> hey, but it runs. It runs. So did the girl that got out of the back of it. <laughs> At least she wasn't in there when I bought it. Well, actually, yeah, yeah it yeah. runs really good. It's good. It, it, just, it good. just needs like suspension work, yeah. but oh. the engine's really clean. It runs amazingly, besides an exhaust. It starts with a dead battery, so what more do you have? <laughs> <Yeah. ask? I laughs> mean... <laughs> so yeah, so hopefully, once we get this thing set up, we can actually like uh, sleep in there, and we don't have to worry so much about the camping thing. I mean, we're not going to drive the van into the woods, but we can oh, drive yeah. it to the woods. To the woods. Yeah. We go over the river and to the woods. To the woods. To the woods. <laughs> um, so, Luke, what else? Uh, you, you're you into, like, ancient aliens. We've talked a little bit about that and stuff, yes. right? Yes. I don't know what you want to say aside from the fact that the, uh, I think it's all true except for maybe... They read sometimes. They, they really do. They read sometimes. Like before they land, they, this I don't believe. I don't believe in it. I'm sorry. I know. You, okay. What don't you believe? You don't the believe Bigfoot is an alien. You don't believe Bigfoot is an alien. All right. So, Luke, what do you think uh, Bigfoot is? <laughs> I believe that um, it's one of those creatures that's got lost in time. You know. One or two, well, I shouldn't say one or two, one or two hundred that maybe exists outside the, the vision of man. I mean, people think that because we live here, we have this, the whole thing wrapped up. We know exactly what's there, and we don't, honestly, there are woods just out anywhere. A person or a thing could, could live forever and not be seen by a human being. Say, man. Uh, I think that's it. I, I, that's it. So you, you think it's a you think it's an animal? Or a, a, Do I think what? You think it's an animal? Uh, you know, people are animals too. So you know, you think it's a a creature? Definitely a mammal. Um, creature, yes. Uh, not a spirit. No. Not a not a. Uh, but then it's something that I wonder. You know, some of the things you heard about it vanishing. Seriously, where's it go? I mean. Anything in height, but something that big, it'd be more difficult. Definitely. 
he's got more of a realistic view on it like I do. So you're a, Ethan, you're in the camp of it's a, a creature too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would probably say that as well. I don't, uh, I don't 100% have a solid answer for what I think it is. Um, what do you I, think is a spirit? what I think it is. I, I, I Here's what I'll tell you. It exists. It exists, yeah. There is more proof of Bigfoot's existence than pretty much, you know, 75% of other things out there that are, are claimed. Right. And something is leaving footprints that we can't explain. Yes. There is, there's evidence of these footprints that are not human because of the way that the footpads uh, leave the impressions. That's they true. don't. They don't have the cutout of the arch like humans do. They're flat-footed. Um, they pivot in the middle. Human feet do not do that. They pivot at the ball. Um, and something is making these footprints. Whether it's Bigfoot or an alien or a anything, I don't know. But well, there's a thought that it comes from Jaden. Gigantopithecus is more of a uh, orangutan type as far as I've heard. I haven't done much research into that. I mean, like, we are so across the board on all this stuff that I kind of focus everywhere. Lately, I've been working more so on Bigfoot because of what we're, you know, investigating recently. But, um... me most is that it's seen on almost every continent yes. and I believe Gigantopithecus was only found over in like Europe Asia area I might be Not wrong sure. yeah. but I think that the only skeletons of that were found over there um, now there's other skeletons supposedly of these you know uh, red-haired giants and those have been found all over uh, the United States Wisconsin included but I I don't know if those are the same thing because you know it, it would be interesting to see how many rows of teeth Bigfoot has this, yeah. because yeah. all those giant skeletons that you see uh, have the double rows of teeth supposedly and and there's other see there's that sounds weird but there's precedent for that in other animal species you know like sharks have you know the the double rows of teeth and the teeth that fall out and regrow and you know the the animal kingdom is so diverse with so many different anomalies in itself that you cannot rule out anything with Bigfoot you know you you get these things that say that Bigfoot just disappears. Well, you have the octopus, you have um, like the cuttlefish, you have the chameleon, and numerous other animals, you know, that have, let's not say cloaking capabilities, but they have 
obviously the chameleon capabilities of changing their colors. So you think the Bigfoot might have some type of luminescence and bioluminescence? Bioluminescence is where the, the they light up, like yeah. fish have that. Um, I, I don't think that. I think that um, I read one research thing about a scientist that had a Bigfoot hair sample and well, what he claimed was. And um, when you turned it a certain way in the light, it almost went transparent. So the thing is, is if these things turn a certain way or uh, the light hits them a certain way, they could uh, reflect the light or bend it around them. So you think that they're not there, but they're really standing right in front of you. Human eyesight is also garbage. We have a limited color spectrum. We don't have that many number of cones and everything like that. So when it comes to other animals' eyesight, the human's eyesight is absolute garbage. Because we don't see as much as actually there. Yes. Well, my thought originally, let's look at the archaeologists or, uh, uh, what do you call the guys study animals? Um, Zoologists. Zoologist. What? Zoo? Biologist? Yes, thank you, that's one. <laughs> um, look at the zoo biologists. I think that whatever they say, they're guessing. If they don't know, they guess. And that's, I see it all the time. I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's it. Well, that's just it. Nobody knows what a Bigfoot is. That's true. You could spend, I mean, people have spent lifetimes arguing, debating, whatever, what it is. I think, uh, you know, but the the fact is, something is there. True. That's, that's pretty much to the point now that most people, at least in the Bigfoot community, consider it a fact. There are still people that are on the, the fence about it, but I think everyone's kind of at the point where Bigfoot exists. Now let's figure out how, where, why, and the, the other stuff of it. Well, there are, there's those that admit it, admit to believing Bigfoot, and there are those who believe and don't feel comfortable coming out and saying it. Yeah. Um, well, okay, let's try this. Have you ever seen anything that... Vault uh, truck. Yep. Um, Unexplainable. Have you ever seen anything that you would consider a Bigfoot? I mean, we just said that you went for walks in the woods and stuff and that. And what have you seen? Well, there have been numerous times where I catch up the corner of my eyes something moving. I think I never got a good look at it. Um, I can't say that I think I've seen it because I don't know what I've seen. Um, but I have been hiking and heard tree knocking and occasional weird noise, not growls, but occasional noise that shouldn't be there. Now, when you're out there, just for say, could that be something else? Could be, I don't know what. Bear, elk, other, other animals out in the woods that are supposed to be there? Two squirrels banging in a tree. I suppose it's possible. I can't hear him, I don't know what he's saying. Two squirrels banging in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's, I like when you can admit that you're not for sure, where a lot of other people are just like, oh yeah, that's what it was. And it's like, no, you have no proof. Shut your fucking mouth. Exactly. Here's my biggest question right now. And I've posed this to other, uh, you know, I've, I've, we've, 
you watched the first episode, the the Burlington episode. Yes. Okay. And during that episode, we caught something whistling. That's true. Yeah. On other times, when me and Ethan here have been in the woods, the same woods, yes. we've caught things whistling. You can whistle, something will whistle back. We've also been up to Upper Michigan to the Paulding Light. And this is, what would you say, two in the morning? Yeah. Or more? And you whistle. Paulding Light is in the middle of nowhere on a you know dead-end trail that turns into an ATV road. There's no houses out there. There's nothing. There should be no other people in this vicinity that we couldn't see. We whistle. Something answered. Um, and uh, there was a... Oh, um, Boy Scout Lane. We were out there, and granted there's houses out there, and this was probably just after midnight, I think, that we were at that location, and we whistled, and something out of the woods whistled back. So what, and I'm not saying these are all Bigfoot. The coincidence, and uh, as far as Burlington goes, there's a lot of subsequent other phenomenon going on, like, you know, the, the knocks, the howls, the growls, the thermal imaging, uh, all that stuff says, okay, maybe that's Bigfoot. But, holding light, people have seen Bigfoot up there, sure. Um, and the other area is more uh, urban, more or less. You got houses, cornfields, and the woods. So, are we hearing Bigfoot in all these areas? Or what the heck else out there whistles in the middle of the night? I don't know. We got frogs and toads and stuff like that. But some of those nights were really cold. No. But like Paulding, you know, we, we did see frogs there. Correct, yeah. And we've seen frogs in Burlington. So, I mean, it could very well just be frogs. Okay. We don't have enough evidence to say either way. We have as much evidence to say it's a frog, to say it's a Bigfoot. Yep. So, I think if you went to the Zoological uh, study and they had recording of all the frogs doing what they do, then we have those, we don't have many frogs here in Wisconsin. I think it's pretty easy to rule them out. So we have a lot of frogs. Well, it was just an example, like any animal that could be out there. We have a lot of frogs in Wisconsin, yeah. Leopard frogs, green frogs. All sorts of them. I don't know. We probably have 20 species of frogs, yeah? Well, it's not that many. We have tree frogs and toads and uh, bullfrogs and leopard frogs. Um, I don't know. They're all pretty cute. <laughs> Ethan likes chasing frogs everywhere we go. Um, well, that thing that was whistling in the tree up on the hill one of the times that we were down there. Um, we still didn't find that. It didn't show up on thermal, but it was right there. Yes. And and something whistled right at us from that tree. Um, I would I would venture to say that that was a frog. But we never found it. Um, and we tried. We tried, yeah. We tried. We had two thermals going and flashlights and everything, and we didn't see nothing. But that doesn't mean it wasn't there. Um, and a frog wouldn't show up on a thermal because... Cold-blooded. It's, cold it's going to match its environment. Yeah. Um, which is why I lean towards the amphibian reptile point because we couldn't find it on thermal, which would make sense if it's cold-blooded. Well, frogs are cold-blooded. Yeah, I can't. We, 
Yeah. Yeah. You want to speak up? Yeah. I'll turn a little aside, too. Um, I think what we should do is find a frog and hit it with a thermal. I'm all for that. We can go to Petco. They got frogs there. Yeah, and I got it right on my phone, so... Yeah, stop at a Petco. I, I definitely think that's a good idea. And see... Well, the glass interferes. We can ask to see him. Okay. Um, They're Petco employees. What are they going to do? I don't think you're going to show up. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. No, I think it's going to blend right know. into the environment. Yeah. I really don't know. That's the thing. I would assume, you know, like we just said, I would assume it wouldn't show up because cold-blooded reptile, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for comparison, though, uh, we found field mice in the woods, yeah. and they show up hot, bright... Yes. scare the shit out of you when they're running right at you, too. <laughs> when you can only see them on the thermal. Yeah. So, we have seen those in the woods, and... Um, Did they whistle? No. No. There's a lot of frogs, a lot of frogs, to the point where they're just annoying on audio out here because it's just... But now, since we're going down here, there's snow on the ground, it's the middle of winter, if we hear that whistle, it's not frogs. It's true, it's not frogs. True, yep. I could be birds, but I sent, I sent the whistles from the first day of the Burlington investigation, I sent them to, uh, I want to say two ornithological societies. I sent them to a bird club that was recently in this exact area of Burlington. I sent it to two wildlife sanctuaries that got back to me. I sent it to a few others. And none of them could identify it as a known like, this is what it is. There you go. Um, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's it's a sound in the woods. It's just evidence. And for anybody listening and stuff to this, too, when we, when we show you these episodes and stuff, we're not saying, hey, we went in the woods, we found Bigfoot, you know, this is a, a Bigfoot whistling, Bigfoot's throwing stuff at us, this thermal image is a Bigfoot. We don't know what this stuff is. This is, this is for you guys to decide. I mean, we're just out there to, to document and capture evidence and stuff. Uh, and just add to the, the collective information. It doesn't mean that we're out there saying, you know, oh, we found, we found Bigfoot, we found a ghost, we found whatever it is that we're out there. We go in there just to, just to record and, and see what happens. And this is what we get, you know. stuff that's happened down there um, we've been in that area enough that normal things are normal and weird things aren't you know so the one night that we were coming down that hill from the power lines and uh, we stopped there we did some whistles and all of a sudden no other time that day, but it sounded like either rocks or acorns or something were being chucked 
from one side of the path to the other. Yep. Now, what what do you what do you contribute that to, Ethan? At this point, unexplained. Because throughout the day, if it was just acorns falling from the trees, you would have heard them throughout the day. Yep. And it's not like there was a sudden rush of wind to make them fall or anything. For the most part, it's usually pretty still in those woods. It is. There's because not a lot of wind. Because it's in a valley, there's not a lot of wind going through, not a lot of rustling. It's pretty quiet. Yeah. Was it windy that day? No. No, no. no I, you know, like like we just said, it's, it's not a lot of wind in there. How close to the car line you heard the whistling? Um, fairly close. Uh, the power lines basically cuts the wood in half. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like, it's like the woods is divided into sections. Okay. It really is. You can walk in and the very first thing you come to is the fairy tree. And in that section of woods, everything is kind of... For lack of a better way to explain it, like, magically, you know, earthy and and nature and uh, growing, thriving kind of feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get to what, um, what we refer to as the troll bridge. You cross that and um, you get into the ridge. And the ridge area is where we have had every well all but one all but one uh bigfoot type encounter when the very first night that me michael and uh derek went in there at night again no acorns nothing was moving that day and we had something that i would consider was thrown at us right before that bridge it was just one thing and it came through the trees. It, would, it didn't, well, I guess it could have dropped and went here the, through the, the leaves and stuff. But to me, it sounded like it was it was tossed through the trees. Uh, but every other instance, the thermals, the whistles, uh, for the most part, all came from that ridge area. And then you you go up on the uh, the top of the ridge there, and you cross under the power lines, and then you go into the second part, which uh, is the shamanic side of the woods. Shamanic, yes, like uh, Native American shamans, and yep, yep. Okay, so you go on that side, and it's a pyramid. It's like an earthen-made pyramid. Okay. The top of this ridge is actually a serpent effigy mound. Is what we're calling the ridge. So um, this whole area is supposed to be a like Native American effigies and mounds and stuff like that. And part of it actually goes up into like almost a, a pyramid shape. And um, in that area, we have high EMFs at the ground, but only there. You can walk up the pyramid; they get stronger. You walk down, they get lower. It's really weird, and and the the energy changes. One day you can go in there and there's an energy field, 
and the next time there's not in the same spot. So it's not like you're getting, because we get residual off the power lines a lot, but it's it's not so much that it bleeds out that much. Any buried cables or anything? If there was, you would have consistency. And we've used different EMF meters. We've used uh, different times a day, and we've gotten different readings at different times. Uh, so then you go up a little farther, and uh, you come to the burial mount sites. And there's this big rock pile, and I say rock pile like a, a bunch of rocks laid on the ground. There are rock stacks in this area as well. But we attribute that a lot to like just people going in there and, and messing around and stuff. Because throughout the times that we've been in there, the rock piles have changed. Okay. Um, we have a picture of, not taken by us, but that we've acquired, of actually a, a rock stack that's almost as tall as a person, just stacked straight up. Yeah. So, so we don't we don't contribute these to you know Bigfoot activity or anything paranormal. But it's it's interesting that they're in there. Uh, we've gone and this rock area is supposed to be um, a, a burial site. It's a burial mound. What's buried there is indeterminable. Maybe confirm this as a burial site? As much as we can confirm that by another person's research that is, is reputable. Um, we've We've gone in there and talked with Mary Sutherland. Okay. Who, you know her? Oh, she's on tape. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and and the more I'm digging into this stuff, the more she does really know what she's talking about. Okay. You know, um, a lot of the stuff that she's said about other things we've confirmed from other sources and that too. But Mary uh, has done written a literal book on this area. And she's studied it, she's researched it, she's researched the red-haired giants all over the U.S. And, and the history and all that that goes along with this stuff. And according to her, this was a shamanic burial site. And then when you get up into the, the, after you get past that, you go into this kind of a clearing area. Clearing, a clearing in the woods. And there's this big bowl impression. And she says that at one time, this was a man-made cave where the shamans would go into and um, that's where they would have their spirit journeys. They would go in there and they would go into their trances and... Um, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, the, I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> the... The vision quests, you know, okay, yeah. the rite of passage, you know, the, the I, there's a better word for it, but I can't think of it right now. Now she's saying this, you speak it, or you speak It's caved in. It, it, it used to be like a dome okay. made of earth, like a, like a hut, but the top of it has caved in. Okay. Yeah. She has pictures of what this would have looked like, whether it was this one, I'm not sure. But she has pictures, like, on her website and stuff of what these things look like. And okay. it basically looks like a dirt egg look, kind of. Okay. And that's what this thing is, she says. And, I mean, it's it's a definitely interesting structure. It looks like at one time it it would have been, like, uh, dug out and then, like, had rock put over the top of it. Because it's all rock inside of it right now. It's a bowl full of rocks. 
it's definitely doesn't look like it was natural. No, not at all. Yeah, it looks like somebody built it at one time. We're gonna get up that way today? Yeah. We can, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so then when you get up past the, the shamanic area, there's the rest of the trail that keeps going farther out into the woods. And that eventually wraps around to a second parking lot. Okay. And uh, we have, we've never really done too much investigating out on that end. So I don't know if there's more activity over there. How big is this woods? If you walked straight, straight through it, yeah. just to walk straight through it, I would say you could get through it maybe half hour, 45 it's minutes. It's not that big. It is not. It's a lot of uphill, downhill, yeah, like weird terrains. Okay. We, the first time we were in there was over five hours okay. to get straight through the whole thing. But we were really, we hit it the first time. I mean, we, we didn't poke around everywhere, but just to cover the trails and look into stuff, take pictures and everything, um, it took us a good five, six hours to get through it the first time. Since then, on the consecutive trips back, we have covered, I would say, the main part of this place, probably 60% of it. Yeah. I mean, the last time me and Ethan were down here by ourselves, we took um, a couple paths that were pretty uh, sketchy. Yeah, and we, we went on like uh, the, not the man-made trails, but the game trails. So the deer paths and stuff, and we walked those. We went down closer to the marshes and everything, and that was back in November. Uh, this is this is January now, and it's granted it's pretty warm today and everything, but uh, it's still recording. Yeah, okay. I didn't know you do that. Um, we're hoping that it's gonna be cold enough in there and frozen enough that we can get out in the marsh because uh, there's some areas out there that we kind of want to get out and check out. Okay. We went down off trail or on the, onto the game trail. See, in the, the summer and, and stuff when we were in there, you don't see all these other game trails. They were just gone. When we went in there the last time, this place is clear. You can see straight through to everything. And we found a lot of game trails that we didn't even know were there. And there's one really interesting one that goes up on the other side of the ridge that is used so much that there's about a foot round uh, tree fall that has literally been worn to the ground across the path. Really? So whatever is using this trail has crossed over that log or tree so often that it has worn it flat to the ground. It's not cut. It's not, uh, you know, like an axe. It is just worn away. Okay, I'd like to see that. And it's so would I. I didn't find it the last time I was in here. When I went back, this is all right. So the last time that we, that I was in here, Ethan didn't go along this day because he had to work, but um, we had dropped the trail cam down past that log okay. to see, all right, this is a, a very used game trail. And um, we put a trail cam down there kind of facing that direction of the log and 
this is off trail from where we typically go, yeah. but it's it's a straight trail in out, you know. And I would like to say that first of all, with the woods being cleared out because of winter and stuff, you can see fairly well. You can see the road from where you are pretty much everywhere in there. Um, you can see, you know, where the parking lot is, where the marsh is and all that stuff. And this is at night, but I still have a pretty good sense of where all this stuff is. And I went in there to retrieve the trail cam. We have it marked on the GPS of exactly where it is. I went in there with my ma and Derek and I walked straight towards that trail cam and I ended up back on the main trail. I literally turned around 360 and walked back up. And here's the weird thing, is you have to walk uphill to get to the trail cam. I walked uphill the entire time and ended up downhill at the main trail. That is very weird. I have no explanation for that. Um, so, here's here's the other thing I wanted to go over about the, the woods here. Is, and, and granted, this happened in what we considered like the, the fairy nature-y side of this area. Okay. Now, how familiar are you with like fairy lore and stuff? Fairy lore, not much. So, according to fairy lore and, and that stuff, there are two courts of fairy. Okay. There is the Sealy and the Unsealy Court. Um, it has something to do with there's the, the, the king of fairies and he had two wives. And in order to spare, spread his time evenly between the two of them, he gave, he would spend half the year with one of his his wives and half the year with the other, creating the two courts. Okay. One court rules over the spring and summer in that seasons and then at the solstice he's, he goes and lives with the uh, the other one for the fall and winter. So you have two courts of fae that rule the, the woods. And right now you are in the unsealy court from fall winter. And the unsealy court is uh, the, the, the Sealy Court, sorry, to start off, is um, supposed to be nature, happy, growing, uh, enrichment, you know, the, the fairies that hang out with the, the uh, hummingbirds and the butterflies and, and pollinate the woods and grow the mushrooms and, and keep everything healthy and green. The Unsealy Court does not like people. They're tricksters and dark forces and the cold, brooding energies. What does Sealy mean? I'm not sure. Okay. I do, I do not know that for sure. Um, I, it's, uh, I want to say like a Gaelic term, I think. What? Gaelic? Gaelic is, uh, okay. Ireland. Yeah. Gaelic term. I, I don't know for sure what it means. I've, I've just started scratching the surface of this and, um, I've been doing a lot more Bigfooty stuff lately. I, I've never really done the whole fairy side, so I, I, I'm just starting to get into more of the fairy stuff. But, um, so what we found in the woods here is that during the Unsealy Court, there's a totally different energy in this area. Okay. It is not the warm, uh, 
fresh green and this isn't just because it's winter I mean it just has a different energy okay um Oh, the other thing is, is uh, according to Mary Sutherland, after you get past the fairy tree, which uh, you familiar with what a fairy tree is? I uh, got glimpses of it in your video, but no. Okay. So a fairy tree is supposed to be any tree, um, not any tree. Uh, what are those? Not birch. Um, uh, I don't remember offhand. But they they grow three trunks. So they have three trunks. That's a fairy tree. Could be anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, so according to you know the the lore and stuff, these these trees with the three trunks are supposed to be fairy trees. And over in Ireland and stuff, this is a huge deal. Uh, they will change the course of roads to avoid trees. Like no, this is for real. They will change courses of roads. Um, there are fairy paths. Okay. And over in in Ireland and stuff. Uh, if you have like poltergeist activity in your house, they will bring in special fairy people or uh, you know specialists, and they'll walk around your house. They'll they'll look for fairies and that, and they'll go, oh, this this part of your house is across was built over a fairy path, so they will literally cut a corner of your house off, and and you know like rebuild it, you know, so that you have a a diagonal at the corner of your house, and then the activity stops. It is a big deal over there in, in, in Ireland and, and stuff, Scotland and, and that, that area of the world. Um, but, okay, so you, you go and pass the fairy tree, there's two trees. They're the guardian trees. Okay. There's a male guardian and a female guardian. And you're supposed to go up here, Mary tells people to go up to these trees and hug them or lean on them and uh, absorb the energy from them and... And um, get guidance from these uh, these trees. I believe it's the male has tipped over. Oh. So the I think it's the male guardian tree uh, has rotted off at the bottom and tipped over within the last uh, since October. This has happened. She's able to tell you which is which. Yes. Mary is a very special lady. She she she's done research. Well, she's also brought like other uh, like psychics and other stuff into the woods with She gives tours, like the one that we went on. So she takes people in there every couple weeks and stuff, and and does tours of the woods. And um, they do a lot of other stuff. And we didn't put that in the episode because they're her tours. Okay. You know, we want people to go on her tour and and experience what she does. We did the stuff that pertained to our evidence. But there is a lot more to these tours that we experienced, we went on and did, that we're not going to show you just because it's it's her tour and, and you should go see it for yourself. But, um, anyway, so it, it could be possible that because this guardian tree is tipped over now too, that that has changed the energy in this area. myself hugging a tree, I'm sorry, but I will if I have to, if it's recommended, but uh, anything behind it except hugging a tree. Here, here's the, the biggest thing for me about all this stuff. Ghosts, aliens, uh, cryptids, paranormal, everything. 
I don't know what the stuff is. And right now we're all on this journey to figure out what it is. So if you tell me that this tree has a spirit in it, I can't tell you it doesn't. Right. And I'm not, in, in my view, I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. I can't disprove it or anything. So if you tell me that tree has a spirit, all right, it has a spirit. For the sake of the investigation stuff, you tell me to hug that tree and you know, this is what's there. I'm not gonna disprove it. Now you had both of them, or it was up? Um, we, we put our hands on it okay. to, to absorb the energy and stuff. The one thing I will tell you is uh, we have M&Ms with us, yep. and M&Ms, candy. Oh. And when you enter certain areas and you pass certain areas, you tribute the area. You leave M&Ms, and you, you ask for safe passage. I will tell you this, um, we've done it every time we've entered the woods, and the last time that we went in to retrieve that trail cam, we didn't, and something took the fleer out of my pocket. Took what anybody? My thermal imaging camera. Really? Yeah. Oh, you don't know that story yet. Yeah, that was the last time that we were in there. I'll tell you this story. Um, this isn't on the episodes yet. This is stuff that's been filmed since our last episode. Um, we went into the woods to retrieve the trail cam and I have the handheld thermal imager I took in with me just to, you know, make sure everything was safe and stuff. And um, we just basically bolted straight in the woods and uh, went to the trail cam, took us forever to find it. I told you I got lost. Right. Um, I finally did find the trail cam and I shoved my thermal imager in my pocket of my sweatshirt. And when I got out to the car, it was gone. So what happened was I, I didn't put the camera back on to go back in because for two reasons. One, I had just packed everything up, put it away, and I was really mad. Um, you know, I just wanted to get in there, get it, and, and be done. And two, a lot of people say more activity happens when you're not taping it. So I thought, you know, screw it, I'm gonna do this. You know, I, I it's, it's my thing. So I went in there and I got, uh, I got to a certain area and I'm looking off in the woods to the, the left side of the trail and there's this glow, this little glow down at ground level. I'm like, maybe my thermal imager's on, right? Like, cause it, the screen glows. And I thought, okay, cool, maybe that's it. So I started looking at it and I realized that it was, it, it looked too small to be the thermal imager. It looked like a cat eye. Okay. And it was glowing, um, I, I believe it was glowing yellow. And I, I, I shined my light on it and to see if it would reflect anymore because, you know, when you shine a light on a cat, it, it reflects, or, or a cat, raccoon, squirrel, whatever this animal is, you know, if it had eye shine. And I shined my light at it and shined it away and the light didn't change. What happened was it actually started to glow brighter. Like, when I say glow brighter, like, it went from a reflecting light to more of the, like, glow of a, a cell phone screen. It, it, it glue. It didn't reflect. It had its own light. So I'm like, what the heck is this? 
So I started walking towards it and it turned green. As far as I could tell, it changed color. And so I'm walking towards this thing and I get up into the woods because this was off the path and I realized that it's sitting on the, like, you know, like there's a fallen log and it has like a rock hole in it, like where the trees rotted away and, and there's a hole, right? So it's sitting against the top of the hole, like a beetle, like a beetle, like hanging there. But this is uh, November. It's pretty freaking cold in there right now. I wouldn't imagine that there should be a glowing beetle. Um, I mean, I, I could be wrong, you know, but there's, you know, anyway. I mean, there wasn't snow on the ground yet. So, I don't know. But, uh, and then all of a sudden, I don't remember why, if I heard a sound or what, but I looked to my right quick and back and it was gone. Disappeared. So I walked back out to the main trail and I walked probably about five feet down the trail and I happened to shine my light to the left again and my FLIR is laying right there. Really? Yeah. So that was my experience with the unsealing court of the Fae. That, uh, and, and here's the thing is, did they steal it and play a trick on me? Or because, um, well, like I said, because we didn't actually put a tribute down that day. Or was it because that, you know, we had been night kind to them and tributed every time we came in and treat them with respect and everything. Did they find my FLIR and give it back to me? Or was it just fucking laying there and that's where, you know, I left it? I don't know. I, I can't tell you why, but it was, I saw this glowing light that stopped me, and then right there was the clear. So. It's interesting. It is definitely interesting. I mean, like I said, every time we've gone in there, we've had some weird, unexplained thing happen. I hope we can do this today. I really like to see something. If that Bigfoot shares, it'd be fine. Yeah, we've had experience with fairies, with uh, Bigfoot, with um, spirits. Anything with the fairies during the day? Not so much. But now here's one thing I'll add. When I first started all this, I thought all the fairy stuff was absolute bullshit. Like, wasn't an ounce of me that's like, okay, you're just a crazy old lady conning a bunch of other crazy old ladies to give you money. Well, now that some of the stuff we've experienced, like, okay, I'm giving this a little bit more credence. So it can even take someone like me and turn it into, okay, I'm listening. That's my Again, you know, we're not saying there's fairies in there. We're not saying there's Bigfoot. But there is something in there, you know, like Ethan, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, like you spent a lot of time in the woods and this stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I've been out in the woods my entire life, and some of the stuff I've experienced here, I've never experienced anywhere else. So normally I go in the woods, I feel fine, I know what to expect, I know what's what. But here it's like, you want to watch over your shoulder for whatever reason. You know, and I'm pretty skeptical on most, most things, or I look for the most realistic answer. I don't like going too far out of the box. 
because most things can be attributed to just, you know, it's just this. You feel the same way, Barbie? You like a little over your shoulder? Well, here, here's here's interesting is this is why I, I feel like like this is more credible too is when you go into this woods, I, I've gone in there and I feel nothing. Okay. It's a walk in the woods. You hear birds, you hear frogs, you feel fine. And then other times, something's watching you. There is a definite difference between, I mean like, I'm not saying every time we go in there, it's creepy, it's terrible, it's weird, it's, it's there. You can walk through there and be fine. Okay. And then you know, there's nothing here. Let's move on to the next area and you go to a different part of the woods or something. But there are times in there where you just, your skin crawls, your hair stands on end. Just section by section in the woods. Definitely, okay. yeah. Yeah, and it, it's day by day too. Like I said, we haven't had Bigfoot activity or what we would call Bigfoot activity in there um, since October. Mm -hmm. Yeah, November and uh, we were in there twice in November and we didn't have any kind of Bigfoot activity in there. Okay. And you also get times in there where it's like eerie quiet. Like not just normal quiet woods, but like eerie quiet. You know, where you don't have a single bird, nothing. Having never been in the woods before, I don't know if I'll be able to tell what's normal. But you've been in other woods. True. So maybe, like, you know, this is the reason why I wanted you in, as part of our team is because you've been in woods across the U.S. Yeah. You've camped in woods at night. And I'm not saying, you know, Ethan hasn't. But no, I'm, I'm definitely more of a Wisconsin-based. That's where all my experience is. Okay. Yep. But you have the experience of, I was supposed to get off there. <laughs> well, looks like you didn't. Adventure! Oh, it's almost quick trip time, I know that. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Alright. Did you miss the reset? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. <laughs> That'll reroute you probably through the fucking ghetto. Yep. Great. I brought you off here. Yeah. Um, Rerouting. Yeah, again, right now we are on our way down to uh, to Burlington to um, check out the woods again today. It's uh, January, and we're just kind of going down to see if anything's changed. I mean, we got some snow on the ground. There isn't too much, but, um, I mean, we're going to see if we can find any footprints or anything new, anything's changed since then. So, But uh, I think that's probably probably good for this episode i mean this was our our opening episode and i feel like we've we've covered some interesting things and some interesting topics and got to know luke a little bit more so should i should i uh ask luke my my one big quick question that everyone get it gets asked yes <laughs> all right go ahead <laughs> so you think do you think bigfoot's got like a human human dick or like one of those red rockets like a dog <laughs> I haven't given much thought, but uh, I'm going to go with, um, I don't, um, <laughs> now, now, now sometimes Luke is at a loss for words, just so you know, but I think we've totally lost him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with, um, a human dick. All right. <laughs> And on that lovely note, uh, we were going to try and do this about once a week. Um, as much as we can, we'll, we'll try and see if this new experiment works. 
and we hope that you guys tune in and enjoy our show. We'll have different members of the team with us, and uh, each each location we drive to, we'll, we'll try and record an episode and stuff. So, until next time, I'm Barnaby. I'm Luke. I'm Ethan. And we are Cryptids Anomalies in the Paranormal Society. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To find out more about Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society, visit our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to our YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also submit your sightings and encounters. And don't forget to check out our online store for t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you have had an encounter with something unexplained in or around Wisconsin, we would love to hear about it. You can send us an email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com or to submit an anonymous report, visit our website and click Report Your Encounter on the main page.